today on the podcast, we have Professor Mark Paustian from Martin Luther College in New Ulm. And I had the privilege of sitting in Professor Paustian's communications class, um, actually a couple of classes of his when I was a student there a little over a decade ago. Uh, here's Professor Paustian. I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of introduction about who you are, um, kind of your experience and uh, and what is it you do at the college, that sort of thing. Okay. Um by the way, it's great to talk to you, Peter. Nice to reconnect with you, um, <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> Sorry, this is good. Yeah, um, I was a 1988 graduate from our seminary, so that's uh, 32 years now. Uh, my first call was to be a church planter. Uh, they would call it exploratory mission. So starting a church from scratch in uh, Rockford, Illinois. And um, that's relevant just because of, you know, I had a chance to talk to thousands of people, really, literally. I've knocked on a whole lot of doors and just kind of, became familiar with what the questions are that people have about our faith and how they push back on it. Um, toward the end of my time there, 12 and a half years, um, I was asked to write a book about, basically about apologetics, kind of a, a couple of books in which I get to answer the questions that uh, I think people are asking the most. Um, my big idea was to begin by answering every question with a gospel story something from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you know, that is somehow the answer to the question. Yeah. And uh, now I've been an MLC for, what is it, 20 years or so, a little more than that. Um, teach communication, as you mentioned. Um, I teach uh, biblical Hebrew as well, which I really love. And uh, for the last about five years, I've been teaching a new course. I'm not sure if you even know about it, Pastor. Um, it's called Advanced Christian Rhetoric. And Oh, cool. Yeah, the first half of the course is... An introduction to apologetics. I'm, not, I'm sorry, to homiletics, so preaching. Uh -huh. And it just made sense to me that our guys would get an introduction at the undergrad level before going on to seminary. You know, they preach in evening chapel, but uh, have done it for years without any, really any direction at all. And so the first half of the semester is just a hoot doing that. And the second half of the semester in a, a speaking intensive course is about apologetics. So I only do a couple of weeks of instructing and then mostly is listening to speeches and, and reacting to them. But that's kind of kept my, kept my iron in the fire, I suppose, in terms of apologetics, just uh, having that uh, experience. Every hand is in, the, is in the air in a class like that. It's just so exciting. So, so exciting. Oh my goodness. So, again, for guys to just get introduced, introduced to this concept at that level as undergrads just uh, has been, I think, an idea waiting to happen, you know. So, totally. um, yeah, so that's me. I teach at MLC, Martin Luther College, our college of ministry. Um, mm -hmm. My wife is the morning receptionist, so we have a date for morning chapel every day, which is great. <laughs> I got two kids, that's both awesome. married in the same summer, a couple of summers ago. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. Oh, wonderful. And, and I mean, it talked about that class as well. Um, most of the students, I guess all the students coming to MLC come from a Lutheran background and many of them, you know, through Lutheran grade school and or Lutheran high school or prep school. Um, but what, what kind of things have kind of, have there been any surprises or what, what are the students kind of looking for? Um, because I mean, personally, when I, when I was going on vicar year, my, my supervising pastor sat down with me and he's like, all right, what do you want to get out of vicar year most of all? And I'm like, I want to see God's word in action. Like I've been, I've been staking my life and my career, so to speak, all my studies to this point on the fact that God's word works, but it's all been theoretical or academic. Um, and I guess, you know, my question would be thinking about these kids coming out of, out of high school or maybe second career for some of them. Um, has there, have there been any surprises or some of the maybe consistencies that, that kind of come up every year in that kind of a class? 
yeah, especially for question. kids coming. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I, it, it is a course that I think our guys love because it has that feel of okay, this feels like the ministry. Now we're not just answering questions like how do you defend the doctrine of hell or or how can you def- how can you espouse a God of love and power with all the suffering we see. You know, these are very, very real questions. And um, I try to have the focus in the class be not to treat these questions academically, you know, or intellectually alone, but think about there are real people behind these questions and they've got stories and they've got experiences. And so I, I have always thought about really taking great care for the faith of these young men because the questions are real. Um, and I just thought, you know, why not face them and confront these questions boldly and honestly. Uh, it's a little, I don't know what I should say, it's, it's an intimidation factor. Um, but I just think, why not Why not discuss these things when we're all together as brothers and the word of God is open, we can see to each other's faith, faith and walk away, I think, much stronger as a result. So I think maybe the surprise is just how real the questions are, how, how live the questions are. You know, any person of faith has to think through the doctrine of hell has to think through the suffering of children. These are not easy things. And so, yeah, you know, I used to teach a speech class uh, way back when I started. That was a fantastic class. Oh, well, thank you. But I remember <laughs> sitting in a class, listening to a guy or a person give a speech on how to inflate a bike tire. And I thought to myself, this is the last time I'll ever subject myself to a speech like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm bored to tears, which is a terrible thing to say. But so the next semester, the next semester, I introduced apologetic topics. So let's have all our speeches be about this set of topics, and it just instantly raised the bar. It instantly made the class fascinating to me and interesting. And each person gets up to talk, and you know we're counting on you to have a good answer. Church has done some terrible stuff in history. What do you say about that? And um, but then shortly after, after maybe two years of doing it that way. Um, we had this gen ed overview of the curriculum and speech class went away. And I thought that's not a good idea for pressure track guys to not have a speech class. My goodness. And so that's where the idea was born, both to, to do preaching as an intro, but then also this. Um, and so it's just been fun. It's totally, totally exciting. And, and the thing that kind of, that kind of strikes me, um, when thinking about apologetics, because in our podcast and our Bible class here, we're talking about questions people ask. And I've been been encouraging people to email me or contact me with questions that they've had. Um, in particular, you know, the thorny questions that have really stuck with them for a long time, mm-hmm. or the question where, you know, maybe you're afraid or embarrassed to ask your pastor, or you did, and you got a passage and a pat on the back and a nice day, which sometimes happens. Um, to our shame. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I guess the the thing that keeps coming back to me is this this tension or this relationship between between doubt and and confidence. Like people have doubts um and and that they're very real doubts so we need to treat them as real doubts instead of instead of just this like you said an academic exercise. Um but I guess the 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 big question then would be the relationship between my personal doubts and the concurrent um, confidence in the word of God along with that, because, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> because, because it's kind of that question of the answer is in the Bible, but the answer isn't just read your Bible. And how do you address those doubts that, that everybody has um, at different times of life 
when you're dealing with that tension of confidence in the word of God, as well as the doubts that arise about our faith. Yeah, you know, you just got to read your Bible. That's not a terrible answer, obviously. Um, the worst answer is, well, you just got to believe, <laughs> you know, and if we just say, well, you just got to believe, we're, we're telling young people, for example, just to shut their minds off and don't go there as if the Christian faith or as if Christian truth can't stand up to scrutiny. Um, well, of course it can. And I would also want to just kind of commend you on what you're doing because, so I also get to teach um, an online course in our brand new master's program at MLC and um, a course in apologetics. And one thing I learned there from a fellow pastor was there's some research that says that kids who ask questions about their faith tend to retain their faith. Mm -hmm. That's really a game-changing thing, because if you didn't know that, then you hear a child asking a question, one of these hard questions, and you kind of go, uh-oh, my child is doubting, uh-oh, you know, and you kind of, you know, tense up. and Yeah, uh oh but, but if that research is true, you should say instead, oh, here we go, yeah, my child is asking a question, just what I want them to do, and, and let's take that question seriously, because there's too many stories about people who were sort of shamed in some way, on some level, for daring to ask questions. So I don't know if I lost track of your question to be there, Pastor, as you as you were asking it. But so to say get into the Word of God is not the wrong answer. It's just we don't want it to be uh, flippant as if, mm -hmm. you know, because if I say get into the Word of God, it sounds like I'm not prepared to be with you on this journey. I'm not prepared to really, really get down into the weeds and talk to you about whatever the thing is. And so it, it'd be better to say let's you and I have a Bible open and let's talk. No, no question is out of bounds. You know, yeah, that makes sense. Um, which kind of, which kind of brings in that that element of you know relationship or you know wherever two or three are gathered together, there I am to shepherd my church. Um, Absolutely, and that it's that it's right in line with our you know Lutheran beliefs to deal with that. You know, um, I think Pastor Luke Thompson pointed me to some research, some Pew research that it just has really stuck with me. Kind of goes along with what you were just saying. So. My main passion for apologetics comes from the notion of sending kids off to college. That's my main thing. Mm -hmm. Having uh, dropped a child off at college and just how small she looked and how vulnerable and scared. And, and yet I had no idea personally what I was kind of signing her up for. I had no idea the kind of assault she'd be under on a day-to-day -day basis, which is not to say there aren't amazing people there that she got to know too. There, there really truly are. But you can be a liberal-minded student and, and fly through college and never have your worldview really assaulted. And, but for her, it's going to be every day. It's, just, it's the air you breathe, right? Mm -hmm. So the Pew Research says three things. It says we're saying too much if we're just simply saying that the university destroys the faith of children. We should say three things. One, the university exposes those kids who were already um, disconnecting from church even before they went to college. So probably sophomore year in high school, for example. Number two, it exposes kids who are superficial in their faith. So they got to college and never once heard uh, the notion that Jesus is made up. There's not even a real historical figure. Never heard that before. Never confronted that. And some popular college professor just says that in passing in a class. And the thought of my child sitting there, um, vulnerable, having that idea grow in her mind, with no one to talk to, no one that she's going to turn to. That's just a devastating thought to me. So that's the third thing, which, I, which is what you really kind of triggered for me. Third thing is that the university exposes those kids that have no 
mature Christian mentor to whom they will run when the questions get real. And that, you know, so yeah, why do, do I mean? care about apologetics? It's because I want to be that champion. I want to raise up that kind of champion among our pastors that you're the one that's not afraid of the questions. You know, you're the one that honors the questions and takes the time and so on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, again, I feel like I lost track of your question to me. Oh, that's but okay. but uh, that's where my, my passion comes from. It's just those among us who are the most vulnerable to these kinds yeah. of assaults and questions. Definitely. And, and I've heard that, that research as well. It was mentioned in, there's like one book aside from the Bible that I've read more than five times. Um, and, and I, I reread it every couple of months here as a pastor now. And the author talks about that research that doubt in and of itself isn't, isn't destructive to faith, but it's doubt that is unexpressed. And, um, and then I think that that is uh, dug into a little bit more in a book called Sticky Faith, um, not related to the Larry Osborne Sticky Church kind of stuff, but um, you know, of, that, of that research. And how do you design a ministry that addresses the doubts of children and in, in a real way and mm-hmm. discusses them in a real way? And so I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing. But that, that kind of opens up the other, the other kind of worms, not just... You know, personal doubt, um, which is hand in hand. The other hand is our confidence in the word of God. And there's that kind of tension between the two. But then um, those outside of the Lutheran faith or those with a, a different view of, of how one becomes a Christian, they have a different view of apologetics and, and what exactly this entails, um, whether it's making a reasonable case for faith or argumentation. And maybe, maybe there are some among us who, who even fall victim to arguing online with somebody about some of the details of faith instead of getting to the, the heart and core. So when you talk about apologetics from a Lutheran perspective, um, what is Lutheran apologetics and how does that compare with the rest of the world and other Christians' view of apologetics? Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, one of our fathers, J.P. Kaler, he was talking about polemics, which is arguing doctrine among Christians, I suppose. But he, he talks about that uh, argument about doctrine ought to be, quote, another form of bringing good news. Otherwise, why are we doing it? You know, so it's really about the full assurance of the sinner before God that comes through the gospel and word and sacrament. You know, and I, I think the same thing about apologetics. One thing I think unique about our whole spirit is it's another form of bringing good news. So the reason to talk about hell or suffering or whatever, you know, the, the real hot button questions are, is really to get to a witness, a confession of Jesus as a savior. And um, that notion of ultimately I'm a witness is what gets lost in a lot of apologetics. So I'm a witness. Um, if I don't get busy laying a rational ground for my faith. And if it seems like a weak thing not to do that, it's, it's that the power of Christ might rest on the, the witness, the apparent nothingness, nothingness of the gospel and the nothingness of, of uh, the Christian confessing what I know about Jesus, you know, and that, that shows up in lots of ways that we are not envisioning the path into faith as sort of a gradual path of human reason where you reason, reason, reason more, and finally you're in. Um, it's really that the Christian testimony confronts people with the true scandal of the cross, that uh, without Christ, we're lost forever. This is the son of God who laid down his life for us all and redeemed the world. And that's not something I can make palatable to you. So think about a question like, um, what about those that never hear the gospel? 
You know, I think any thinking person has that question. What about those that never hear the gospel? How is this fair? I think the uniquely Lutheran answer is God may seem to be unfair. And in that moment, I only have the gospel. I only have Christ in the cross saying, this is who God is. I only have the gospel itself revealing his true heart. And it's the Lutheran apologist that uniquely simply testifies to that. You know, um, does that kind of make sense? I, yeah, yeah. And that we, um, we know what we, we talk know about. Based on what God reveals, and it comes, it meets our minds in a collision with everything we would naturally think or understand. And we run to the gospel. It's not that we can't answer questions people have all day long with the scriptures open. Of course we do. But ultimately, um, this is the unassailable position that I believe what I believe based on what the Word of God says. That concludes part one of our interview with Professor Mark Paustian from Martin Luther College in New Ulm, Minnesota. If you have a moment to let us know your takeaways, let us know which part of what he said really resonated with you the most, or maybe opened your eyes, you can find contact information in the show notes, rwjpodcast at gmail.com or racewithjesus.com slash podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for part two of our discussion, our conversation with Professor Paustian. And finally, um, if you have any suggestions for topics that you want to hear discussed or people that you would like to hear interviewed contact us also rwjpodcast at gmail.com or raisewithjesus.com slash podcast thanks so much god bless your day